Hello, my name is Kristen and I am obsessed with all things play-based and child-led learning. Truly obsessed. I am here to help you navigate the messy and the magical on your journey to a play-based program. It is truly magical on the other side and I want you to feel each day what I feel when I walk into my classroom. I am the homeschool mama to four. I'm the founder of a play and nature-based preschool and forest school and I am here to cheer you on. I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's get going. Hello. Today we are going to be talking about forest school and what that looks like in our program. I know a lot of people are really interested in forest schools at the current moment, so I thought I would give a little down and dirty of what my training was and what our forest school looks like in our program right now. So my training came from the Child and Nature Alliance out of Canada. It's called Forest School Canada, and I took my training probably about five years ago. It was a at that point in time, it was a week-long intensive training on site somewhere in Canada, and they just they hosted it at different places throughout Canada because it's a very large country. And you do five days in person, and then there's about a year's worth of coursework or 11 months worth of coursework to get your certification as a forest school practitioner through Forest School Canada. So that is what I did. It was amazing. I would highly recommend it. I learned so much and was able to fully implement a forest school program when I came home. There isn't, at that time, there wasn't a lot of forest school training options in the United States. There was Cedar Song forest school training, and now I believe there are a few various other ones that you can find. I know Arafans um, does a forest school training program. So you can find them in the United States now. I really love the Forest School Canada one because they very much were on the same philosophies as I am in the the realm of early childhood education, which is play-based learning. And so uh, their Forest School principles are all built on play, and I really appreciated that. I didn't really know that there were different types of forest schools until I went to a nature conference, a nature preschool conference in Seattle a few years ago um, through the Child and Nature Network. I went to visit a few forest schools and I was kind of taken aback because the way that some forest schools do forest school is vastly different than the way that I was taught. Um, there are many forest schools who still do traditional types of classroom things, but they're just outside. So... I am very much on the side of Forest School as a play-based program. So Forest School Canada's, if you, the coursework, um, things that I learned during the, co the coursework is just relationship with the land and deepening that relationship with the land and connecting that land with the children, how to foster that connection between the land and the children. And we learned about emergent, play-based, inquiry-based, wonder-based learning. We learned what it looks like, what it feels like, what it sounds like. We learned how to play with the children. And we learned about our role as educators and not just playing with the children, but watching the children in play. 
We learned about risky play and how to support it. We got a lot of tools for risk assessment. So that was fantastic. We learned how to use tools and tie knots and ropes and different things like that that we can use out in the woods with um, our programs. And uh, we also kind of learned like typical days and what they look like in a forest school. So the basics of forest school is that forest school was an educational approach that was developed in the 1950s in Sweden and Denmark. Forest school programs are like found everywhere now everywhere and they're slowly creeping their way into the United States. There's so much more traction now which is amazing because we need children to be able to spend time outside. We need them to spend time in county parks and local woodlands, in prairies, any space that is wild and green. We need to get children there. We need children to have the opportunity to learn in a natural environment on a regular basis and Forest School offers that through an emergent curriculum that is experience-based, that's play-based, that's inquiry-driven, all while spending time in the same natural spaces. So Forest School essentially is a classroom without walls. You've probably heard that before. It's a classroom without walls. You can't bounce off the walls if you take them away. I think that's something that Erin Kinney said, who was um, the founder of the Cedar Song Forest School. So there are a lot of forest school principles, and there are the principles might be different based on the program that you go through training with. And I would I would highly recommend some sort of training for forest school. Um, there's a, there's a lot of nuances with forest school, and so I'm very glad that I did take the training because it gives you more of a backbone to stand on, and it helps you kind of file things away in your head that you didn't even know you needed to file away in your head. Um, risky play being a big one, and tool use being another big one, and risk assessment being another big one, and just things that I didn't think about, like making sure that you don't utilize the same space all the time because it can ruin the natural environment. So uh, making sure that we're still being good caretakers and stewards of the environment is very important. So there was a lot of things that like I did, it didn't even cross my mind really when I was considering doing a forest school program. So what happens? At Forest School, what's kind of like a typical day? They vary, obviously, from day to day and season to season and hour to hour. Because you're outside and it's a little bit more unpredictable, activities are going to vary greatly depending on the age of the children, the landscape that day, the weather that day, what the weather did the morning before class, what the weather's doing at the current time, how long the children have been together as a group, the things that maybe the teachers brought out into the Forest School environment, and most importantly, the interests of the kids, right? So you might see like a child collecting rocks or building dens or maybe they are working with clay that was harvested from a creek bed. I mean, that's a thing. I didn't even know that was a thing. But you can totally get clay from a creek bed in certain parts of the world, country. Um, kids balance on logs. They pretend logs are other things. There's so much imaginative play that happens at forest school. It is so fun. Playful learning in a forest school environment means that every single one of the indicators of progress, the Minnesota Childhood Indicators of Progress are being met. And I, I know I've talked about the indicators of progress before. Um, and that is what I refer to, obviously, because I'm from Minnesota. But in any forest school program, all of the domains of an early childhood system of benchmarks 
or all of the pieces of developmentally appropriate practice are being met through free play in the woods. Free play in forest school. It doesn't even have to be woods. I keep referring it to as woods. And when we think of forest, we think of like a forest. But really, forest school can take place in any wild space. It doesn't have to be a forest. It can be a pond. It can be next to a lake. It can be a prairie. We've done lots of days out in prairies. Some of our best days have been in prairies with like a little creek that runs through it and stomping in the tiny little creek and catching tadpoles. And there's so much magic in so many different places. And my hope is that every child at some point in time will get to experience that. So a sample day. Um, Well... A sample day is going to look different for lots of different people, so I can kind of tell you what ours looks like. Um, I think I'm actually going to go into the sample day here after a little bit, after I kind of tell you about our program. So our program is a little bit interesting because we are a, we are actually, so Butterfly Hill Nature Preschool is actually a child care center. We are licensed as a child care center in the state of Minnesota. So we can only have a certain amount of kids. We have to follow all the licensing rules and regulations. So we run our forest school program because we don't have the wild space right on property. We have to go somewhere else for forest school. So we have a bus. We have a 15 passenger bus that includes the driver. So we send out two teachers to forest school. Um, four days a week, generally. This year with COVID, it has been a little bit different. We've only been able to go out two days a week, but generally it's four four mornings a week and we rotate kiddos. So all of our kiddos who are at preschool full days, Monday through Friday, or we do have part-time kiddos who come like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, everybody gets two or one day a week at forced school. We could take 13 kids at a time. So what that looks like is they arrive to preschool in the morning and they have all of their stuff and the parents are, they know their forest school, their child's forest school rotation. So they come prepped with all of the gear that they're going to need to be out in the woods that day. And they drop them off and we are in free play for a while until we get another staff member there. You know, the mornings are kind of wonky. So um, about eight 15 they start getting ready to leave so that looks like going to the bathroom that looks like getting all of their gear on and then they take them out one by one and they buckle them into our bus so our bus was purchased we got lots of we got some grant money for our bus and we also got um it's like a it's a it's a bus that you don't have to have a commercial license for because it's And every state is probably different, so you need to look into the rules and regulations of that as well. Our bus, we still have to seatbelt the children into, but we don't have to have a commercial driver's license to drive the bus. We have insurance on it. We also have insurance on our forest school program, so that's a whole other thing that you have to look into is what type of insurance to carry for these programs. And we were lucky our... Regular insurance carrier just added a like an a umbrella or something around our forest school programs. Um, there are many programs who can't get 
insurance for Forest School because they don't even know how to insure it. So you're going to have to kind of dig around for that information. So they get on the bus and then all of our spaces that we use are generally county parks. And our county has four beautiful county parks and they all have a different landscape and we frequent them all. So we have lots of beloved areas within all of those county parks that we have found over the years that the children just gravitate back towards. And it's all, it's a forest school culture, really. It's a classroom culture and traditions carry on from year to year. So the names of our spaces are a little bit funny because the children have named them and that's just what they're all known as now. So that's been kind of fun. And I know that that's, that's a thing with a lot of other forest school too. They have fun names for the different spaces and the places that they are. So uh, drive out to the park and once we get to the park, we have a destination within that park in mind generally and let's say it's fall and we know the leaves are turning and we know that it just rained a few days ago and so we know where we're going to find the mushrooms and so we decide we're going to hike to the mushroom forest. Now the mushroom forest is the most magical place. It is red pine trees and white pine trees and there is no underbrush at all. It's all like pine needles that have fallen. And so you can see down these long corridors of white pines and red pines. And the amazing thing is that there is a, we don't know who it is, but it is amazing and it is beautiful. They build the most amazing forts out of fallen trees. And they're very safe. We test them. It's part of our risk assessment. And they leave them and they know the kids come and they play in them and we've written notes back and forth to them and they're always there like it never fails there if and if somebody does knock them down they're like they're like put up again within days it's so phenomenal and we have no idea it's like a secret thing and nobody knows who does it so that's kind of cool. So we know we're going to find mushrooms and we know we're going to be able to play in forts. So we head to the mushroom forest. So it's a hike. And we sing on the hike. And we we don't necessarily hike straight to the mushroom forest. There's a lot of stopping along the way because a lot of learning takes place along that hike. A lot of investigating, a lot of discovery, a lot of inquiry, a lot of questions. And so we stop and we look and we look at mushrooms and we look pull out our field guides and we look to see like what what that mushroom could be and if it's poisonous or toxic or if it's not and we meander our way to the mushroom forest once we get to the mushroom forest the children know that they always have to be able to see a teacher that is one of our biggest rules always have to be able to see a teacher so we hammer that into them like all the time every day first day we do a, I have done like storytelling where I've written stories about um, scenarios. I have like a beaver family that, um, that I write these stories about and they, um, it just kind of like gives them a little bit of context in a fun way about what to do if they're in trouble out at forest school. Like what if you get lost? You need to sit down, you just stay in one place and you need to yell. Um, so you always have to be able to see a teacher. So the kids, they go off, they start playing, they start picking up sticks, they start frog hunting, they start mushroom hunting, they play. There is no formal instruction that happens during this time. It is strictly for the children and the teachers are there 
to help mitigate risk and they are there to support social and emotional growth and they are there to build upon that wonder that the children will no doubt find when they are out in a natural wild space. They play. At some points, the kids' tummies start getting grumbly and hungry, so we lay out a big uh, waterproof mat, and we always bring a canteen into the woods full of water. I know many forest school programs bring tea, um, hot tea, if it's chilly out. Um, we will bring, we have found that the kids in our care aren't necessarily tea drinkers, a lot of them. Some of them are, some of them aren't. So we generally actually bring warm water in the winter. We bring warm water for the kids to drink and it um, kind of soothes their belly a little bit and warms them up and so they can sit on the mat and they can eat snack and a teacher will generally pull out a book at that point in time and read stories or tell stories. Storytelling is a huge part of our forest school program because you don't have to have a book for storytelling and you can feel and see and smell the pictures in your brain and then you can use the forest around you as a setting for those stories and it becomes it's magic it becomes a magical thing and those stories carry on from year to year so storytelling and snack and kids can eat snack when they when they want and they are never forced to eat at a certain time and then they play and they play some more and sometimes there's singing and sometimes there's off shoot hikes so if kids are getting squirrely and they want to go on a little adventure one of the teachers might take half the kids and they might go search for mushrooms in a different place or they might hike over to the pond and we'll meet you over there when you guys are done here so we kind of maybe break off or maybe all go a little bit deeper into the woods together when the kids start to get a little bit squirrely or a little bit bored and um, and the thing is, is they don't ever really get bored out in the woods. I, I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> Generally, they're pretty engaged when they're outside. And um, after hour and a half, two hours of free play in that location or the second location that we ended up at, we pack up things and we hike out. And then we head back to the bus and then head back to preschool. So that is our forest school program. It is very low-key in that there isn't a lot of stuff we bring with. We bring a backpack with first aid stuff. Sometimes field guides are in there. There Sometimes you might find like a clipboard with some markers and some paper. Not always. Um, water, cups, hand sanitizer, toilet paper, um, changes of clothes for just in case. And that is about it. The snack mat and snack. And everything else is purely imagination. Loose parts, natural loose parts out in the woods. It is using your imagination to the fullest. And it is absolute for school magic. I, I say that all the time. But it is. It's magical to watch those children in those, it's just wonder. They have so much wonder. And it, in turn, causes the adults to be wondrous about the, the natural world again. And it is, it's such a wake up. And it, it feels so refreshing. And it feels so alive for all of us that I wish that everybody could feel that feeling. How do we go to the bathroom? That's the biggest, <laughs> that's like the number one question I'm asked. Like, what do you do for a bathroom? So, we actually bring a five-gallon pail out. You can buy a toilet seat cover that fits a five-gallon pail on 
Amazon and we put a garbage bag in there and that's what we bring with us. Not everybody uses it. Um, we kind of try to set it up in a place with a little bit of privacy and um, that is what the children learn to use when we are out and there's no bathroom. They are also welcome to, I did not know this was a thing, but you can also like find a, like an evergreen tree or a tree with low branches and for a girl, this is for a girl or for a boy who maybe needs to poop. Um, you grab the branches and you lean back and it will make it so that you don't pee all over your feet. <laughs> um, and uh, that's what we do. Some of the county parks have bathrooms. Some of them don't. Some of them, I think all of them actually have bathrooms or outhouses, but some of them are, the outhouses are not close to where we are. And yes, even in the winter, kids, not when it's super cold, we do utilize a park that has a bathroom, a warm heated bathroom in the, in the really cold winter months. But there are times in the fall where it could be 40 degrees and a kid has to go to the bathroom. So they have to peel off their rain suit and, or their snow pants and really quick try to go to the bathroom. Um, so that's how, that's how we go to the bathroom. Our licensing, circling back to that, our licensing in Minnesota, we run our forest school program for our preschool children as field trips. So we have to have the parents sign a permission slip every single day when their child goes to forest school. So we just printed out a quick thing that says today we're going to and a blank. And so the teacher fills in like Spruce Hill County Park and then writes the date. And I give my permission, I give my child permission to ride the bus to Spruce Hill County Park on a field trip. And then we have just a ton of lines and the parents sign next. And we've written all of the parents' names next to a line and, or not written, typed it in. So it's like a template. And then we um, have them sign right next to their name before their kiddo, as their kiddo gets dropped off that day. So that is how we do our forest school program. Um, we run it as a field trip. So our, when you're on a field trip, the licensing rules and regulations don't typically apply as far as like the rules in your building. So that's why we are able to use a five gallon pail to go to the bathroom on when we are out on a field trip. Now, we also have a forest school program for school age kids and that came a little bit later than the preschool program. And we have kids only in the summertime Age 6 to 11, we have room for 13 children again and two, we call them camp counselors or leaders, and they, we have a full-time summer program. So our base camp is at Butterfly Hill and we have a separate, it's like a Sunday school classroom um, that we pay a little bit of rent on for that program and we meet there. And then about 8.30 after everybody arrives, they head out to the parks and they spend the whole day in free play. The whole day. Those children, those school-age children are the luckiest children in this town. They are so blessed to be able to spend their childhood in such a developmentally appropriate way, free from technology and outside. And we are able to run our school-age program unlicensed because... We are, and there's so many different rules for these things in different states and different countries. So this is just the state of Minnesota. We are a nonprofit program serving youth. 
And so we can run a, an unlicensed camp during the summer months and after school hours when school is not in session. So our schools typically get done around 3 o'clock here in Alexandria. So after 3 o'clock, we can run our school-age program any day of the week, Monday through Friday, even Saturday and Sunday because school is not in session. And we can run it all summer long because there is no school. So we are able to run our program as an unlicensed program. So that is, it's it's called Wild Rumpus, Forest and um, Wild Rumpus School Age Program. And it's, it's a wild time. It's totally a wild time. And um, summer looks totally different than winter and fall, of course, because the, um, everything is just different. The seasons are different. So those school age kids are so lucky. Um, I think that about wraps it up for what forest school looks like for us and a little bit of the nitty gritty. And, um, yeah, if you're at all interested in learning more, um, I do have another course in the works for just a forest school basics, major preschool basics. So, um, yeah, you'll maybe be able to find out a little bit more in the future as a more um, economical route to go for learning about forest school and nature preschool than some of the other high ticket certification programs that you will find um, throughout the world now. So we can look forward to learning more about that in the future. Thanks for sticking around and listening to that. That was a lot of information about forest school. I hope you learned something and um, let me know if you have any questions. So you can keep your eyes and ears peeled on my Learning Wild Instagram page. And if you haven't gotten on my mailing list, um, you can hop on over to learning-wild.com to uh, get on my list so that you can find out when that training is uh, available. All right, that's all for today. I will talk to you later. Have a good day, you guys. Hey, I need you to do me a huge, 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 huge favor. If you liked listening and you want to be able to hear more, can you please go on to iTunes and leave me a five-star review? I would so appreciate it. And then connect with me on Instagram. It's learning.wild. We'll see you around.